Baruch atah Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, asher barkar barnu mikol hamim, venatan lanu et torato. Baruch atah Adonai, noten ha-torah. Amen. And in the merit of the Refuah Shlema for Esther Markovitz, uh, Neri Arok and myself, we would like to dedicate this podcast to the Markovits. Baruch Hashem. All right, I'm going to start with uh, Tehillim 22. For the leader set to sunrise, a psalm of David. My El, my El, why have you abandoned me? Why so far from helping me? So far from my anguish cries. My El, by day I call to you, but you do not answer. Likewise at night, but I get no relief. Nevertheless, you are holy, enthroned upon the praises of Israel. In you our ancestors put their trust. They trusted, and you rescued them. They cried to you and escaped. They trusted in you and were not disappointed. But I am a worm, not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me jeer at me. They snare and shake their heads. He committed himself to Adonai, let him rescue him. Let him set him free if he takes such delight in him. But you are one of, you are the one who took me from the womb. You made me trust when I was my, on my mother's breast. Since my youth I have been thrown on you. You are my elf from my mother's womb. Do not stray far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, wild bulls of Bashan close in on me. They open their mouths wide against me like ravaging, roaring lions. I am poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. My heart has become like wax. It melts inside me. My mouth is as dry as the fragment of, of a pot. My tongue sticks to my palate. You lay me down in the dust of death. Dogs all around surround me. A pack of villains close in on me like a lion at my hands and feet. I can count every one of my bones, while they gaze at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves. My clothing they throw dice, but you, Adonai, do not stay far away. My strength, come quickly to me, rescue me from the sword. My life from the power of the dogs. Save me from the lion's mouth, you have answered me from the wild bull's horns. I will proclaim your name to my kinsmen. Right there in the assembly I will praise you. You fear Adonai, praise him. All descendants of Yaakov, glorify him. All descendants of Israel, stand in awe of him. For he is not despised or abhorred the poverty of the poor. He did not hide his face from him, but listened to his cry. Because of you I give praise in the great assembly. I will fulfill my vows in the sight of those who fear him. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Uh, sated, satisfied. Those who seek Adonai will praise him. Your hearts will never enjoy life forever. All ends of the earth will remember and turn to Adonai. All clans of the nations will worship in his presence. For the kingdom belongs to Adonai, and he rules the nations. All who prosper on the earth will eat and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, including him who cannot keep himself alive. And descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told of Adonai. They will come and proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. That he is the one who did it. Amen. Amen, amen. <clears throat> and may it be that Hashem is the one who does wondrous and amazing healings for Esther. Amen. Amen. That you, you would hear his prayer cry. 
I mean, yes, so, know, so some people may wonder. Oh, you got some? No, yes, keep going. Oh, I was just going to say uh, some people may wonder that, you know, who who is Esther, you know? And uh, <laughs> one of the members of our our amazing synagogue, uh, her, she was formerly known as Cheryl. Uh, she has now taken on the name Esther. So it's a very beautiful thing. Her grandmother was also named Esther. And um, we are, as a shul, kol echad, literally davening for her and her whole entire household for refuah Lema, for a complete and total healing, and also for a Yeshua, a, a salvation and a deliverance uh, with uh, just some physical things that are going on there. So um, not violent physical, but like health-wise and things like that. So <clears throat> we um, don't really want to get into too much privacy on that, but just to say that this is a picture of us as a body of believers being one. It is brought down in the Midrash on Parsha Yitro that the, the prerequisite for receiving the Torah is for Yisrael to be one man of one heart. And there's such a beautiful opportunity for us as a Mishpachah to really daven, to really uh, lift up the Markovitz you know, on a constant daily basis as they come to our mind and uh, really beseeching Hashem to answer our prayers. So um, one of the things that myself and my Kala, Mazel, we were talking about is to pray for her as if we were praying for ourselves, or to pray for her as if we were praying for our very own spouse. And then it really gets real when you really get down into that. So just want to send that out as an encouragement to all who are hearing this podcast Myself and Neri Aro concluded that, you know, we are to daven for Esther as if we're davening for our very own self. There's no greater love than one who lays their life down. And a beautiful thing about davening is that it is symbolic of one bringing themselves to the altar and laying down their life. That's why prayer is literally labeled as avoda, which is called temple service. Okay, so handing it over to Neri Aroke. We're in uh, the Egeret to the Romans, still in chapter one. <laughs> and not even very far in chapter one, but Baruch Hashem. Right. So we will read, uh, I guess it's 11 and 12 or 13, uh, 12 and 13, right? Uh, we are in 12 and 13. All right. Baruch Hashem. I'll be going. All right. Um, or rather, so that. By virtue of Hazach, strength and encouragement among you through each other's amuna of faith, both yours and mine. All right. So would you like to uh, share anything on that? Yes. Well, for, I could read um, the complete Jewish Bible. It's translated a little bit differently, which I like a little bit more. Uh, it says, or to put another way, so that by being with you, we might through faith, we share and encourage one another. Um, so predominantly... What I wanted to hit on, or at first, just the mutual chazak, um, the strengthening uh, between each other, through each other's emuna, um, which is really the whole sentence of, of what he's saying. But uh, just that, you know, the whole the connection of the of the parsha of habitation of of the whole aspect of the benedictus, the whole reason why the tabernacle itself um, was instructed for us to build was the, so that Hashem would dwell in our midst, that he would be one with us. And so 
obviously Shaul being a uh, son of God, um, a servant of God, he has the same heart of of being a Chad, being one um, with the fellow believers, just as God himself, just as Shem desires to dwell and be with his people. Amen. Well, uh, one of the Ivrit words, the Hebrew words that appears in this verse is the word Nachem, which is the word for comfort. And uh, so literally one translation of the verse is that it is that I may be comforted together with you by mutual faith. And we went over Amunah before, but it's interesting that he wants to experience comfort uh, by being by being present. And when you look up the word for comfort, which is Nachem, it says that it means to comfort. It also means to console. And uh, it says also that, uh, let's see here. Okay, Rukashem. So comforting and consoling. And uh, this is <clears throat> Sleeka having a little throat thing here. <clears throat> this is also one of the words that is used for uh, the name of Mashiach. So Mashiach's name is an acronym, the Mem, the Sheen, the Yod, and the Chet. And uh, the Mem of Mashiach stands for Menachem, which Menachem means one who comforts. And so one of the elements about being with the believers here that Shaul wants to portray is that he wants to bring some comfort as well, because many of us may know that being a part of Lapid, being a Torah observant Jew who walks in the way of Messiah Yeshua, it's just a little bit lonely. It's just a little bit awkward at times. And it's beautiful to have another Lapid you know, that you get to encounter. And it's just like it brings you a level of comfort. It's like when you see another person from Sar Shalom in the kosher market when you're out shopping, you're just like, oh, like it takes your shopping experience to a whole new level. So that's one of the elements here that's brought out in this verse. <clears throat> oh, man. All right. That's good. Yeah, I was, I'm looking at the Greek here. Um, some parako. Kaleo, I'm saying correctly, to exhort together to pass, to strengthen with. I just think of when it says one of the definitions is pass, like to pass along by, almost like the, you know, the um, the cloud of glory Ooh. and the pillar of fire um, in the wilderness. Yes. That's beautiful. All right. Well, uh, just to also mention, because I forgot to say this in the introduction, we are commenting on Parsha Taruma, which is the Torah portion that begins to teach us about the Mishkan. So it's interesting that we're reading a verse about uh, a dwelling amongst the people of Israel. And uh, here it is, is that Shaul wants to dwell with these other believers here in Rome. And he's just like, it's important that we're present with one another. Same thing in this this week's Torah portion. Hashem knows and thinks that it's important for Him to dwell with us. So let us continue on and uh, 
verse 12 or verse 13 has all the goods in there. So, Amen. Now I do not want you to lack Deus, Deus, uh, Akim Bemashiach of mine, how I often have made plans to come to you, though I have been prevented thus far, in order that I might have some parade for Hashem among you as well, just as among the rest of the ethnic peoples. All right. Baruch Hashem. I'll open it up to you first. <clears throat> well, it's, it's, it's easy to see the um, well, in this translation, it's parade. So, you know, like when we say in the brockout, the Kadush uh, for, uh, you know, um, for Arab dinner, we say parade, parade, agafen. You know, it's mm. the same. It's the fruit. So just seeing the picture of the, the fruit that he's wanting, uh, which in Judaism and rabbinics in Torah, fruit is, is directly linked and connected with mitzvot, um, obedience, um, acts of loving kindness and Torah, you know, observance among people. So, which Hashem desires, and obviously Shul desires as well. Yes. As he's wanting to see authentic Amuna within the hearts of of his converts, of those who he's influenced. Amen. Baruch Hashem. Another word for pre is um, it can also be spelled with a hey instead of a yod at the end. <clears throat> and this word for pre, which is the fruit, just like you said for the Kiddush on Erev, also means to grow and to increase or to break through. And it's interesting because it says um, one of the uses is Barakot 40, uh, Daf A. It says, small fish, Make fruitful, increase in vigor and strengthen the whole body of man. So they're talking about uh, basically in the context there, they're talking about being prolific, in other words. And so if you look at Shaul wanting to have some growth from this congregation, it's the idea that anywhere that there are observant Jews, there should be lots of proselytes. There should be fruit that happens. You know, we're to live in such a way that we attract non-believers, that we attract goyim, that we attract idolaters, and that they enter into the light and walk in truth and mitzvot. And so that's an idea of fruit because, you know, when you enter into Torah observance, you become born anew. You become like a new creation. You become like a, a newborn child, basically. And so the fruit of a person is not only our good deeds, but the fruit of a person is someone who we bring into Torah. It's as if we have given birth to them, you know? So um, that's another picture of what Shaul is bringing on there. So I want to back up. Uh, that's good. I actually make a comment. I think it was in the, it's in the Talmud, right? It says that uh, the... Well, see, some of the elders or the leaders, maybe the Sanhedrin, would rebuke certain um, certain uh, communities, certain shuls, if they did not make a convert, one convert within within a year. That is correct. So, um, fruit know, is go ahead. Yeah, expected. Fruit is expected, and if there's no fruit, then obviously, then you're you're a dead tree. Right. So um, what I wanted to do is kind of bring up this 
connection and the parallel to the parasha about this dwelling. So first of all, the word for dwell is shakan, which is actually a part of the word mishkan. You know, it's the reason it's called mishkan, which is tabernacle. The reason it's called that as opposed to a mikdash, which mikdash would be a holy place. That's why the holy temple is called the Bet HaMikdash. So the holy is the Kodesh, the Mikdash, and the Bet is the, the temple, is the house. So um, it's a sanctified house, basically. But when you look at the Mishkan, it's more intimate. And it has to, this idea, this connotation of a presence. You know, and that's why it's important for the presence of Hashem to dwell with us, and that's why Hashem says, I want you to make a mishkan. So when you look at shakhan, the uh, ivrit, the definition of it is to dwell, to rest. It's spoken of as a bird that nests. And if you think about Messiah, he says, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And the temple is called the bird's nest in some Midrashic commentaries. And so you have this idea of Hashem nesting in the temple with his people, you know, and this would bring in more understanding why Yeshua would say, Oh, Yerushalayim, how I long to gather you in as a mother wants to gather in her nurslings, you know, and that's the idea of being with us together in the temple. So, The other thing it means to cause to dwell and establish. The Mishkan is an establishment of something. And it literally is an establishment of the image of Hashem on the earth. You know, we've seen the image of Hashem, the manifestation of Him through His Torah, the letters on the Torah scroll or the tablets. Those are images of Hashem. And then you have the the reason why we're making a Mishkan is for the image of Hashem to dwell with us, which is why the tablets are housed in the Ark, which is housed in the Mishkan. The other part about Shekhan, literally in the Targum, it literally says to reveal himself. So when Hashem is going to have his Shekhan with us, he's going to reveal himself. It says this is spoken of uh, the righteous who bring the Shekinah down to earth. So there's a, a Midrash that has been quoted so many different times. Rabbi quoted this on the Aliyah day. And uh, it's also, it came out in our Torah to Basora class. And uh, here it is again. So uh, the entry point on this one is going to be from Or HaChaim on Devarim 33.2. It says, from his right hand, he presented the fiery Torah. The reason why Hashem chose to take up residence on the earth and departed from the myriads of holy beings in the celestial regions, we find something analogous in Shemot Rabbah 31 or 33.1, explaining Shemot 25.2 as a parable. So here we are with a parable in Jewish commentary. It says the parable is describing a king who had an only daughter who stipulated to his son-in-law to be that there must always be room in his house for him. So this father 
who is uh, getting ready to have his daughter marry his future-to-be son-in-law here, he's talking to the son-in-law saying, hey, I I need to always have room in your house because I have to be with my daughter. It says, God considered the Torah his only daughter, and when he gave it to Israel, he stipulated that there be a place for him amongst the children of Israel. The Torah explains the reason that God left his abode in the celestial regions was that he had given his right hand, i.e. the Torah, to the Jewish people, and he could not bear being separated from the Torah. All right, so that's uh, Or HaKaim right there, bringing all that down, Shemot Rabbah and Shemot 25.2. So the whole reason... For the Mishkan and for the giving of the Torah for the Ark is so that Hashem can come and dwell among us. Yes, if you're thinking Yochanan chapter 1, yes. If you're thinking the verse about Mashiach leaving his throne in Hashemayim and coming down into this world and dwelling with us, then yes, you are correct. So Yochanan 10.30 says, I and my father are one, or I and the father are one. Hashem is not ever separated from his Torah, which is his right hand, which is Mashiach. Mashiach is the right hand, and he's also sitting at the right hand. Okay, so then uh, Yochanan uh, 1.14 says the word became, like literally the Torah, the letters of the Torah became a human being and lived with us, and we saw his Shekinah. Right there in that verse, you have the word Shachan, him coming to be with us. And also we're seeing the Shekinah. He's revealing the Shekinah. It says the Shekinah of the father's only son, full of grace and truth. Uh, the letter to Ephesians, the Egedit to Ephesus. Chapter two, uh, it says, uh, starting in 19, talking about you're no longer foreigners and strangers. On the contrary, you're fellow citizens with God's people members of God's family. You have been built on the foundation of the emissaries and the prophets with the cornerstone being Yeshua HaMashiach himself in union with him, the whole building, the whole tabernacle, the whole temple is held together and it is growing into a holy temple in union with Adonai. Yes, in union with him, you yourselves are being built together into a spiritual dwelling place for Hashem. So when you really look at that, oh, and Colossians 2.9, the letter to Colossae, for in him bodily dwells the fullness of all that God is. So there's that. So when you really look at what's going on here, why does Shaul want to be with these people? He's giving us a picture of Parsha Teruma. Hashem wants to be with us. It's important to be present with those whom you love. It's important to be present with those whom you desire to have fruit with. So, um, you have anything else would you would like to elucidate? Because I got one more point that I would like to share. If we yeah, yeah share that first. I'm looking up. Some, something right now, so go for it. All right, cool. So when you're ready, just jump in. All right, so machine gun, and here we go. This is compliments of G Shekel. 
He says, Rab Shneur Zalman, the author of the Tanya, writes, This is what man is all about. This is the purpose of his creation and of the creation of all the worlds, higher and lower, that there be made for God a dwelling in the lower realms. This is what man is all about. This is why Hashem made creation, because he wants to dwell in the lower realms. Okay? So, hence, Mashiach would come and be born, hence why we have a temple, hence why we were given the Torah. Okay? And it says, Rebbe Nachman says, God dwells within the Jews, just as a person dresses within a garment. Lakute Maharon 194. And Rebbeinu Bakia on Bami Bar 2-2. Uh, Shlomo says in Song of Songs, Shara Shareem 6-8, there are 60 queens and 80 concubines and damsels without number. Whereas unique is she, my dove. My dove is a reference to the Jewish people. So when we look at the fact of the nest, the temple, the mishkan, the dwelling, it's like two doves dwelling together because one of the names of Mashiach is dove, which is spoken of in Or Hakaim Vayikra 14.9, citing from Zohar. So we got the nest, we got the birds, we're together, there's the dwelling, there's the revelation, and all that is going on. So again, if we just kind of go back to what's what's actually what have we been discussing in the Yagedit over here, if you go back to 12, he says, I want to uh, to comfort, I want to be a Menachem. And I want us to uh, have in our mutual amuna encouragement. And then I don't want you to be without knowledge that I have wanted to come to you and I've been prevented. And the reason I want to be with you is because I want to have fruit among you. So Hashem wants to be with us so that there can be an outflow of Torah. And Shaul wants to be with this group so there can be an outflow of Torah. As our Lapidim, who are our HCO community, come in and visit our shul and we go out to visit them, we are allowing the Torah of Mashiach to flow and be perpetuated and to strengthen our faith with one another. So, that's all I got. Baruch Hashem. <laughs> wow. Well, that's violent. That's really good. Thank you for that. really appreciate those, those drops. Definitely, definitely, we're alignment and connected and more inspiring for sure <laughs> um uh, i will share quickly something something that came to my mind here um i remember well first of all at the beginning to kind of bring it back with regard to the uh the fruit as in like fish that proliferate there is a blessing that we say um i think that's i'm trying to, i was trying to find it in the siddur i think that was the wafer's prayer but do you recall what which one are you looking for uh, like like Abraham and Isaac, uh, I mean they proliferate abundantly in the land, like fish of the sea. Huh. That's a blessing that's that's said. I know it's it's from Bereshis forty eight sixteen. But I'm thinking I'm trying to think as to when how often we I know and that is a specific blessing that we say over our children. I think in, in relation to 
they would be like Abraham and Isaac's children, and they may proliferate like fish in the land. Um, but I guess you don't remember, but that's all right. I couldn't find either. <laughs> okay, okay, so that's all right, though. To move on, um, what it came to my mind, secondly, was um, with regards to the birds. Well, you had said that, like Yeshua says, and that was in, let's see, Matthew 8.20. Yeshua applied foxes of, let's see, I'll get in context here. One of the scribes came to him and said, Teacher, I'll follow, follow you wherever you go, or scribe, I'll follow you wherever you go. Yeshua replied, Foxes have dens and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. And then another one, another disciple requested, Lord, first let me go bury my dead. He says, Let the dead bury the dead. Um, I guess, I guess my a good one of my arguments would be that uh, that Yeshua is specifically speaking about the time frame that he was in and this this specific age, the Ilam Haze versus the Ilam Haba. Because we know the Lama Ba is a time of rest, you know, the Shabbat, and uh, the place of his of his of his of his rest or of his head will be. I think it says in Isaiah, um, the place of his rest will be glorious. Um, let me see if I can find it. I know it correlates with uh, Talim eighty four. It says eighty four three. As the sparrow finds herself a home and a shallow her nest where she lays her young. So my resting place is by your altars, Adonai Zavot, my king, my god. My soul longs, so it says, even the sparrow has found a home in the sallow and nest for herself where she places her young by your altars. So just that concept of the Ben Mekdash and the Mizbeach, the, uh, well, yeah, that whole, <clears throat> I guess it's his dwelling places is where the birds of the sky find their home, and it's likened to uh, Daniel's vision of um, the great tree in uh, Daniel 4, um, just about its kingdom concepts of kingdoms and and the beasts of the earth finding the rest underneath the shade of the tree, and, and also birds of the air finding their home on its branches. It's a powerful that's, picture. That's Yeshiyahu 28.12? Sorry, Isaiah Yeshiyahu twenty-eight twelve. Oh, did you find it? That where you were reading? Uh, no, I don't. Maybe. Were you I, reciting I that, that from course. from memory? Well, I was citing. No, I was citing. That was Talim eighty-four with regards to the birds, and then Daniel four. <laughs> well, that is crazy because Yeshiyahu twenty-eight twelve literally says. To whom he said, this is the place of rest. Let the weary rest. This is the place of repose. But they would not listen. Ooh. Interesting. Wow, okay. So it's almost like the resting in the tour, resting in his, in his tour, resting in him, right? Right. You'll find rest for your souls, right? Yeah. My yoke is my word's light. Right. Wow, okay. 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 Well, all right then. Um, the proliferate and be abundant like the fish. Um, there is a Rebenu Bakia on Devarim thirty-one seventeen, and he tied that to uh, back to Bereshit, obviously. No, yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, I shouldn't have mentioned this. I didn't have his swords, but. 
I'll define it. No, it's a specific blessing that's said every now and then. Um, well, just to just to uh, drop this, this is really uh, interesting. So, Rebenu, Rebenu Bakia on thirty three seventeen. Or 3117, Slika. It says, you have to appreciate that the meaning of the word Bekirbi is derived from Karov or Karav, which means to battle. And it says, its numerical value is the same gematria of Shaddai, which is 314. In other words, when this attribute of God withdrew from the Jewish people, uh, they lost the battle. I believe that wherever we find the word Bekarav or Bekarov or similar in the Torah, there is an allusion in the word to the awakening of the attribute of justice. And it says that the root of all this is found in Shemot 2321, which is Ki Shem Bekarbo, for my name is within him, talking about the angel from Parsha Mishpatim that we just got out of. And it says, other examples are Bereshit 48.16. May they proliferate abundantly like fish in the midst of the land. Talking about Ephraim and Manasseh. The beginning of that verse referred to the angel that redeemed me from all evil or from all harmful influences. This is a clear reference to the attribute of justice. Other verses in which the word Bekarov is clearly indicative of an association with the attribute of justice. Uh, Shemot 10, as well as Shemot 10, 1, and then it says, as well as Shemot 8, 18, or Devarim 15, 11, there will not cease to be someone who is destitute in the midst of the land. And it keeps going. So when we're looking at um, the proliferating, this has to do with definitely a bracha that you would extend over those who are traveling to be uh, kept safe. So that would be the wayfarer's, wayfarer's prayer. Yeah, I was thinking. I just didn't, uh, didn't see it. So, yeah, that's good. I, I did find the source I was looking for in... Yeshiahu, uh, Isaiah 11.10, and it's the context, or, I don't know, I say it's not in context too much, uh, it says, on that day, the root of Yeshiah, uh, here, on the day, on that day, the root of Yeshiah, which stands as the banner for the peoples, the Goim will seek him out, and the place where he rests will be glorious. On that day, and I will raise his hand again a second time to reclaim the remnant of his people who remain Asher, Egypt, and Petros, Ethiopia, and Liam, Shinar, Amat, and the islands in the sea. So just going back to that, that rest, the place where he, in the, in the phrase, the place where he rests will be glorious. <clears throat> so that the Son of Man, once he's glorified, will have a place of rest, and that will be on David's throne in Yerushalayim, ruling over the nations. Wow. Well, but you must follow him, right? You must follow him to the end um, to receive that rest. We have not entered into his rest, as you know. Shul speaks in his letter to Hebrew. If if, if it is Shul, 
Uh, Rest right, because we don't God. know. It, we don't re- clearly know who it is, but we don't know. He he writes in a similar way to uh, Rob Shaul, so. Right. Uh, and I guess the last thing on the on the fish is Lakute Maharon brings out that may they increase in the land like fish, and it says in whose nostrils was sitting a mud eater. It's interesting. And it says, this corresponds to the prayers of the Jewish people. And so when we talk about being prolific, when we talk about building, when we talk about habitation, we're talking about prayer. And that is interesting because David calls himself, I am prayer. You know, and this is the Tehillim, all of the the songs and the Psalms and the, the passages of Torah that we recite, it causes us to be like fish in the land, to populate and increase. And the whole idea of Parsha Taruma is that this is a prayerful declaration that we are granted the opportunity to bring forth all of our possessions, all of our gifts, everything that Hashem has granted us for resources. It has to be from our heart and given to Hashem with complete and utter devotion to Him. And through that, that's what He builds up into a Mishkan. So when you think about another reflection to what Shaul is writing here in these two verses, he's saying that I want to give all of who I am prayerfully and resource-wise, and I want to really build a Mishkan out of all of us because we're all supposed to be built up into the temple of Hashem. So. Wow. There is that. <laughs> so we're just. No, I want to tie, I guess, uh, I want to tie in quickly, uh, tag, or how do you say it? Uh, just make the comment uh, that it's Rosh Kodesh, uh, what was, I guess, today, earlier today. We're, we, um, we are now second in day. the second day of a dollar. So. Agrosh Kodesh, Baruch Hashem. Gamlecha, They say that the zodiac sign mazel for Adar is Adar is pes, uh, Pesis, or Dagim, Dagim, or oh, it is flesh, fish in the plural. So sign of blessing and fruitfulness. Um, just as the fish live in the water, so the Jewish people thrive when immersed in Torah, which is compared to living water. So... Wow. Did you just drop an insight on the month of Adar for us? <laughs> I did. Wow. That's beautiful. Just so everyone knows, the the mazel lot, which are commonly called zodiac signs, those are actually kosher. It's just when you get into horoscopes and like reading your sign and what's your sign, I'm gonna tell you about your life. That's that's the non-kosher part. But there are literally um, animals and things like that that correspond to what's going on in the constellations as we rotate throughout the year. So, um, and the the fish is for Adar, and it's just like okay, Brukashim, Simka. He orders the constellations as he wills, right? So it's, right. it's him, but has a tongue be he is you know use it for his own. I mean you know, distortions. So. So may the month of Adar, because we get two of them. May we have a double portion of joy. May this month be inaugurated for good. 
And may we truly be fruitful and multiply. And may the, the habitation of Hashem be within us and all around us. And may we dive in that more and more divine sparks are brought in. Amen. Amen. Let's close up with the Baraka. Let's close it up. All right. Baruch Atah Adonai Elocheinu Malak Olam Asher Natan Lo Torat Met Bakayi Olam Tanat Baruch Dakeinu Baruch Atah Adonai Notena Torah Amen. Amen. Well, Todah Rabbah Chavivi, and many blessings to you and to all of our listeners. Thank you for tuning in with us for the Get It to the Roman series for Parsha Taruma. Shalom, shalom. Shalom, shalom.